0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and I like to pet horses. I enjoy a good corndog, and I take baths with my socks on. And I'm
1: Avsodetsky, and I'm full of
0: non-sequiturs. Like that one. (laughs) All three of them. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to talk about Season 3, Episode 4. As far as I always knew, this episode was called The Nanny from Hell. But I noticed uh, just today I had to um, upgrade from HBO Go to HBO Max because HBO Go is about to become defunct. And on HBO Max, this episode is called The Nanny. So they've dropped the From Hell from the title. Uh, what yeah, do you think the title was?
1: I didn't really remember. And I was earlier this week when we recorded the movie ladder, I said the next episode we're doing on Curb Your Enthusiasm is The dandy, because that's what it's called on HBO. Yeah. And I just didn't remember any better. So I just assumed that's what it was. And then when I went to like look it up on IMDb, it said The dandy From Hell. And it's obviously the name of the episode because that's, you know, that exact term. Is
0: yes. So, so why did HBO at some point decide to get rid of From Hell?
1: This is like a God with the wind type situation. Like, yeah.
0: Is that, is it offensive to have the word hell in a title?
1: I guess. I don't or know. There, maybe are the
0: demons going to uh, cancel HBO?
1: Maybe we'll get um, like an updated episode that we'll have to look back on. That will have like an introduction that explains like, yes. the, the context of like, you know, this is what life was like in the year 2002. And you will yeah. understand the time in which this episode yeah. was made. The,
0: the titles of podcasts could be, could have the word hell in them. Shocking. Originally yeah. airing on October 6th, 2002, And yeah, I said last week, this is an episode that has one of my uh, favorite quoted lines in Curb. So let's jump right into it.
1: Back at the restaurant, and Larry is—he uh, smoozing it up with one of the workers. He uh, first he tells him he's uh, he'll order a seven and seven, as if this guy is a barkeep. Um, well, the guy is doing... behind the bar, and there's a yeah. bunch of bottles
0: there. For why they have bottles there when they're still in mid-construction?
1: Yeah, no it's, idea. Uh, yeah, probably so they can do the joke Yes. But um, he says, asks him what he's doing. He says a little plumbing. Larry does a little bit about plumbing, a little plumbing. Got a plumb, plumb the depths, the depths of hell. So we're already we're on yes, a foreboding a hell, on a hell theme. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He Larry inquires if this uh, the bar is marble. He says, "Do you ever slap the marble? You ought to be slapping marble one day. It's a slap."
0: Yeah. Now, to be fair, Larry did say that the reason he wanted to get into this restaurant was to be able to talk to strangers. So yeah, he's true. jumping right yeah, into so it. He's, he's at start. the restaurant he, and he's, right. <laughs> he's doing he's his job.
1: Just, yeah, he's practicing. Um, yeah. So Larry. Bummer, uh, though.
0: Not, not so excited about it.
1: Yeah, he's not into it. He's, uh, so Larry's talking over with uh, Hugh Mellon and he invites Larry. And Cheryl says, Why don't you come over for a pool party that I'm having at my house? Um, all the investors are also going to be invited and it's going to be a good old time. Larry says, Of course, they'll come. Um, yeah,
0: Larry only confirms this with Jeff, which may have been a mistake.
1: Right. Yeah, fair. Um, we've also, we've
0: never seen Hugh before. I guess he missed the earlier investor meetings.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, he's a new character. So Larry's still talking to him and he says, you know, oh, by the way, are you, you work for that publishing company that does the Bartlett's quotations book, right? And he says, yeah. He says, well, you know, my friend Richard Lewis, he wants to get one of his lines in. And he says that he is the one who coined the phrase, the blank from hell. Um, Hugh is a little skeptical of this. He's like, no, that's just like a thing that people say, like your friend didn't come up with that, which I don't even know what that means because like that's what everything is, but fine. Okay. He's like, no, it's been around for a long time. I guess it's really been around for a long time, but you know, I guess this guy would know that type of thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, the editor of, or the owner of the publishing house though, might not be so close to it. would be more like the actual editors who work on booklets, Right. But it seems to be a pretty um, small operation, there. Their fact-checking is just, you know, whatever Larry David tells them his friend did. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Which
0: makes me really question the veracity of Bartlett's and how they got to be so popular in the first place.
1: Yeah, someone should do like a... Uh, like a cer- Serial. Serial yeah. should do like their next season about <laughs> Bartlett's quotations and where how they how are they even attributing these quotations. Yeah.
0: Um, I actually, when I was in eighth grade, for my uh, eighth grade yearbook on my page, my quote was... You're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. And the, and the reason for that was because I just, you know, I was in eighth grade, and I thought it was funny to get a, a swear word, a sneak it, snuck it in there, and get away with it. And, um, and so I was very proud of myself. And then I attributed it to Bart Simpson, because he had said it on The Simpsons. That's where I heard the quote from. Huh? And, my da- and my dad got very upset when he was, look- like, looking at the proof of my page. And he says, Bart Simpson, they're going to think you're a kid who, like, watches The Simpsons. No, no, no. We have to find the actual source of this quote. And so
1: we looked what's up... Wait, so what's his objection? Was, was Simpsons did it? He's like, Alexander, why are you doing this, this thing? The Simpsons already did this. This is not original.
0: No, he, he's, he's objecting to his son being identified as someone who watches TV or a trashy show like The Simpsons. Ah, uh, I see. So, he, so he, um, he made me look it up in a book of quotations, and I remember to this day the quote is by Lorenzo Dow in Reflections on the Love of God. So yeah, that was, that was the, my eighth grade yearbook. Very cool kid. I was,
1: does your uh, father know the amount of Survivor you're currently watching?
0: <laughs> yeah. His battle to prevent me from watching television uh, did not succeed. Yeah. Apparently not. Yeah. We had, I'm, I, I think you know this, we had one TV in our house growing up with no cable and it was in a locked room in the basement. Oh gosh. So I managed to um, surreptitiously acquire a key when I was in about sixth grade or so. And my dad and I basically eventually sort of came to this uh, don't ask, don't tell policy where he knew I had a key and I knew that he knew that I had a key, but as long as I was only going to use the key to sneak in to watch it when I clearly wouldn't be caught by him, we were both going to sort of look the other way because I wasn't going to give him the key and he didn't want to create the conflict of me asking and then I'm lying. So as long as I did it and my brothers and my younger siblings didn't know about it, he was cool with it. Um, So I basically had this policies uh, which allowed me in like seventh and eighth grade, I could only watch TV from like, 10 to like 1 in the morning so which is actually the,
1: the, like the one so time just, you shouldn't so, want your child to watch so, so we're starting to see a lot of the pieces of the puzzle coming together here
0: oh yeah that's fair also um, but that's why so I would watch like every episode of Seinfeld because he'd be on syndication after the local news and then I'd watch a lot of Jay Leno and David Letterman and as a young child in Minnesota I was definitely on the Jay Leno side I was like this guy shows headlines that's funny to me yeah so, it's
1: so yes. funny I, though, had, I had to get
0: older to learn oh no David Letterman's the one I was supposed to like
1: that like uh no matter like how much better it gets like you still like it all is like you're like very spoiled by it like i today i was just like furious that my roku like made me sign in on the roku instead of like sending the code to my phone oh, terrible yeah. it's like so you annoying to, like, why like, does this exist
0: yeah you have to push like left and right to get yeah. to the next letter on the key it's like unacceptable they have the yeah.
1: technology to just <laughs> send it to your phone and you push in five numbers on your phone and done yes it's crazy yes
0: um yeah and then we pined for the days when i had to like watch in a in a 19 inch like huge square tv oh yeah uh, either nbc oh i would watch i would watch anything that was on syndication then so i saw a lot of mad about you with paul riser yeah yeah and um what else did i see a lot of
1: lisa kudrow was at that too
0: yeah she plays the ursula the waitress and then they the sister, go across yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah
0: yeah uh this is not a mad about you podcast though or a lisa kudrow podcast or is it you never yeah. know <laughs>
1: Yeah, we should do that just like next time. Come back with just like a different show and see like, yeah, you.
0: Yeah, you've proposed that many times. <laughs> we haven't done it yet. You propose it for The Wire. We propose, yeah. Maybe for season yeah. three, episode seven, we'll do something.
1: Yeah, interesting. Yeah. That, was, that is a magic episode. Um, okay, so anyway, Larry says, you know, no, that really is my friend Richard's uh, expression. And Hugh basically agrees, okay, you know, I'll talk to my partner about it. We'll see uh, what we could find out. Uh, Jeff comes over. He says, you know, I'm also going to the pool party and I'm actually bringing somebody. Um, But the person I'm bringing is Susie, who, oh, by the way, is pregnant and moving back in. And everything is great.
0: Yeah. Now, surprising because we didn't even know that Jeff was getting any opportunities uh, to uh, return to the boudoir with Susie. So I'm surprised that she's pregnant. Also, let's be like honest here. Like Jeff was not he wasn't monogamous when they were living together, but Jeff was not celibate uh, while he was living in the hotel. Oh, no, obviously not. So Susie should be, like, and Susie's having unprotected sex with him. Like, I hope she got tested for STDs. Like, God forbid that, you know, that our good friend Susie should get sick. But it seems like the behavior is a little bit risky, given uh, who she's doing it
1: with. I mean, if you're going to have unprotected sex with Jeff, you might get STDs. I don't know (laughs) what else there is to say. Like, she should know. I think she knows. She knows who she's married to. Well, but yet she's willing to do it, obviously, because, you know. Yeah, well, you know, they had a moment of passion. You know what? She took a risk. She took a risk, you know. It's, so far, it seems to work out for her. Yeah. All, other than she's still married to Jeff now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's really a lose-lose in, the, in that marriage, I think.
1: Yeah, they're both not great. They, yeah, yeah they kind of deserve each other. <laughs> in a sense. Yeah, so uh, anyway, so Jeff says that, you know, the only thing that's, uh, that I don't like is that they have a dog there that I'm, not, that I'm allergic to. Uh, Larry says, yep, it sounds great, very sarcastically. Uh, but Jeff reassures him, no, he really is happy. And Larry welcomes him back into the married person's club.
0: Yeah. Now you have to give credit to Jeff because Jeff is the kind of schmuck who would just walk out. So at least he does go back, you know, notwithstanding the fact that he's going to be verbally abused and he has this allergic dog and, you know, he has to deal with a woman who doesn't really like him. And he, yeah, uh,
1: honestly, now that now that you're saying it, Jeff seems like exactly the type of guy who, like, figures out that the only way he's going to get back into his family is to uh, trick his wife into thinking that he's wearing a condom and that has un- unprotected sex with her and gets her pregnant. So, oh, that so that's way, your
0: theory. Okay. Yes, like, this
1: is like a Don Draper situation. Like, that has happened with them, too. Like, she threw him out and then... He uh, he gets her pregnant one more time, and then they kind of like reconcile again, and get that like ex- extends their marriage by like, another three. So Susie years.
0: thinks that it was an accident, or does Susie suspect that he uh, you know put a hole in the uh, the condom?
1: Well, it doesn't seem like she suspects; otherwise, she would probably be very angry at him. Yeah, well, I don't know. I Although guess Mark, Susie yeah.
0: doesn't get angry at people very unusually and and out of character in this episode, as we'll discuss. Yeah. So. Yeah,
1: Susie, yeah. Susie's pretty chill in this episode. Yeah. For Susie.
0: Yeah, I mean, the first word she says when Larry opens the door with the nanny that she's there to interview is, "Is what the fuck are you, is she, are you doing here? <laughs> so, you <laughs> know, which usually when you're interviewing someone to take care of your children, you don't, you know, drop an F-bomb within four
1: seconds of meeting. Your... Right. Well, Unless you want to a nanny from hell. Yeah. So Larry says, you know, I was telling my wife, my wife that she should she should really let me date again because then it would really be something fun for us to talk about. Like when I come home, we can like break down the date and like we could talk about what what I liked about her, what I didn't like about her. Um, and then we would have sex. Um, Jeff says, well, what if you have sex with the current person you want to date with? So he says, I would, you know, I would, you know, make an excuse to leave and then I would come back and we would tell her the story about that and how I have to do that. Yeah. Um, Which is, I think, sort of what
0: the life Jeff's been living already.
1: Yeah, although probably, he doesn't doesn't tell her, yeah, yeah. He probably doesn't tell her. Give her all the, all the graphic details. Yeah, um, Yeah. so uh, we fast forward to uh, Larry and Cheryl. They're entering a bakery, and there's a sign that says the bakery is going out of business, and they're very upset because this is their favorite bakery. And they headed because they need to buy something for the pool party today. Larry says, let's get a sponge cake. Uh, he says, it's the best in town. But Cheryl thinks no. No one wants to eat a sponge cake. Sponge cake is terrible.
0: Yeah, the last time she saw one was at her bubby's mahjong table.
1: Or yes. something like that. Well, I can't say bubby, but yeah. Um, no, Larry says no. You're wrong. I know this cake. This this sponge cake is like eating a moist sponge,
0: which <laughs> not, <laughs> not increasing the uh, yeah. It's appetizer. not. Yeah. It's
1: not as appetizing as Larry thinks it is. Yeah.
0: Um, mo- mo- yeah. Moist, uh, you know, is it, it's a pretty gross word. I guess strictly in a food context, it can be okay. But sponge, like, who envisions biting into a sponge as a pleasant experience?
1: No, yeah, even if it's like, like, like what you is to, not the issue? It's the and when do what is even the ideal sponge? Is it like out of the wrapper, yeah. or you want to get it wet first? Like, well, which is even preferable?
0: Apparently, they're saying moist. You don't want to dry, I mean, then it'll be like a scone.
1: And, I mean, I wouldn't think you would want either, but you know, I'm yeah. not the one who says uh, who describes delicious right, so food. When we're done with
0: the podcast, uh, go get a sponge, get one brand new sponge, and then one a well-soaked sponge. <laughs> Take a bite out of each and tell me which one is better. All right, okay. I'll consider it. Or one of our listeners do that, please. Right Oh yeah, that, I, that's perfect. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Larry says no. It's like yeah, yeah, I really want it. He asks the price. Uh, they say twelve ninety-five. He says, "No wonder you're going out of business." Yeah.
0: Uh, twelve ninety five doesn't seem so exorbitant for a sponge cake in
1: L A. Yeah, honestly, like I had to, like, I went back and forth in my head a little bit. I'm like, he probably means it's too expensive, does or does maybe he mean it's too cheap? No, he means it's more expensive. Like it wasn't even like ob- it's like not obvious in either direction. Oh, that's, well, like
0: well, in terms of the amount, but then the other thing is this: like, rewind five years or ten years or whatever it is, eight years. Uh, uh Jerry Seinfeld and three friends are relatively struggling young New Yorkers financially. They're going to a party. So not only do they have to go to the bakery, uh, Schnitzers or whatever it is, to buy the uh, babka and not the lesser babka, of course. Um, Cinnamon takes
1: a backseat to no babka, yes.
0: <laughs> but but not that's not enough, right? So they also have to get the bottle of wine, and of course George is incensed because George thinks that he should show up with a bottle of Pepsi, and, and, uh, more...
1: and what Yankee Doodles, yeah, no, but,
0: yeah, and it'll be much more popular. Ring things, ring things, ring yeah. things, and. Um, so Larry David now, obviously, you know, that's, that's what Jason Alexander thinks. But Larry David now, eight years later, is going to a party, and he's not some nobody. He's like worth half a billion dollars. So how much was he planning on spending on his item for this party? Because he's offended that it's $12.95, right? But he wanted to pay – he wanted to give like $5. And by the yeah. way, I think, th- I think this is proof that it's not that it's too expensive, but that it's too – not that it's too cheap, but it's too expensive. Because if they were surprised and thought it was going to be less – then they would say, Oh, well, we spent less than we thought, so now let's get a bottle of wine also, or flowers, or whatever.
1: Yeah. Right? No, I don't I know I think at the end it is that it's too high, but it's like Yeah, but it's, it's, it's really insane. That, like if you want that to be clear, like make it like thirty dollars.
0: Yeah. But again, it's not just it's the other issue is how cheap Larry is, and that Cheryl's permitting this.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh the whole situation is a little strange. Yeah, also but whatever.
0: Just bring like bring a six pack of beer. I don't know if you gotta bring like a cake. It's a little presumptuous.
1: Um, I think beer might well, be more presumptuous. A if pool party? Like, well, there might be like kids. Who the hell? I don't know. I mean, it's I, like think fat... I think a family. I think
0: it's like the standard thing to bring to a pool party.
1: Yeah. I mean, you have to know the person. You wouldn't, yeah, assume, well, you wouldn't necessarily assume that uh, everyone was. Larry yeah, obviously so.
0: doesn't know Hugh so well.
1: So yeah. Well well. <laughs> so he doesn't know his son very well.
0: Yeah. Well, he knows his son a
1: little bit better, actually. He will. He will get to know his son. Yeah. Um, so we're at the pool party. Jeff is loving the cake. <laughs> he says it's like eating a delicious. Sponge. <laughs> he says it's like eating a delicious sponge. Yeah, Where, that's, that's exactly what I said. Does not sound delicious, but, but neither one of us is position to know. So yeah, yeah. I need to look into these so-called delicious sponges. Yeah, um, Larry's, you Zeno. Know, yeah, Larry, I see. When, I told you. When is so. the last time you've had a
0: sponge cake, of any type? Not I've, had the the time.
1: I've had the Entenmann sponge cake. Oh, yeah. I believe, last year at your house. At my house, yes. Prior the, uh... to
0: that, it would it would have been
1: two decades at least. Yeah, sponge cake is not go-to. My mom used to make a pretty good sponge cake. but like... <laughs> it taste like a moist sponge? <laughs> no, it tasted like a cake. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, sponge is not appetizing. I don't even know why it's called a sponge cake. I think it's just because of the shape.
0: Maybe the sponge copied the name off the cake. They're like, this is such a delicious cake. Let's steal some of that. Uh...
1: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we, you know, we'll, we'll we'll do as we go. We'll do some research on the history of the sponge cake. Yeah, sounds like a worthwhile endeavor. Okay, so um, <laughs> Larry takes credit. You know, yeah, I told him about the cake. Susie says she hasn't seen this sponge cake sponge cake since her grandmother's. Wait, is, is that?
0: Did you say Cheryl said that before? No, Susie says that at the party. Oh, did I? Oh, did I quote her from Cheryl before? Yeah, I that was so. wrong. If I did, yeah. <laughs> Cheryl doesn't have a bubby, and if she did, she didn't play mahjong.
1: Yeah. Okay. So whatever. By now you know, you know you know what you signed up for here. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So um. Yeah. So Susie's the one who says she hasn't seen Sponge Cake since her grandmother's mahjong game. Uh, yeah. Which is like a good reference. I very much associate Sponge Cake with like my grandmother, like in the country. Playing, you know, gossiping with her friends and playing some card game, and everyone had like sat around and ate sponge cake.
0: Yeah. By the way, I do in this scene, Susie, when Larry tells her that the that the restaurants that the bakery is going out of business, Susie expresses a lot of empathy. So yet again, it's a much kinder Susie. uh,
1: Yeah. Maybe she she was still feeling out the character despite having six consecutive episodes where she has tirades. Yeah. (laughs) You know. Yeah. There's maybe there's a softer side to Susie. Yeah. Well, also maybe she's pregnant. Maybe she's having like a pregnancy glow. Oh, perhaps. Supposedly that's a thing.
0: Uh, I don't know. My wife, my wife is pregnant at the moment. Is she glowing? Uh, oh, she, she has a, a lovely hue. All
1: right. There you go. Jeff wants to know where the cake is from. Larry says, oh, they're going out of business, so it doesn't matter. Jeff says, no, just tell me. He says, no, it's a moot. Like, they're going out of business. So there's no reason to know. Um, yeah. Jeff, Larry's an idiot here. Like, they're not going out of business, like, in 20 minutes. Like Jeff could still go get the cake, as Larry will later do. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like maybe Jeff was like, "Oh, I want to go get one tomorrow." Yeah. Likely will still be in business. Yeah. Yeah. Larry's being a complete ass. And he
0: really digs a hole here, and um, he keeps on saying "moot," and I can't hear "moot" in a a sitcom or in any context in life and not think of the Friends line.
1: Yes, but like, it's a cow's opinion. opinion. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. (laughs) It's moot. Yeah. Yeah. So they go back and forth whether it makes a moot. We say no, uh, Larry. Finally, relents, tells him it's Bunnerman's Bakery. So oh, um,
0: cake, yeah, whatever. I'll Larry,
1: uh, Larry needs to go to the bathroom. He uh, he asks uh, Cheryl where's the bathroom. He's, Cheryl says, "Oh, you're supposed to use the one at the cabana. They don't want people going into the house." Yeah, Larry thinks that's ridiculous, and he heads off. The, his friends come in. Of course, he thinks the rules don't apply to him. Um, he, he tries to head into the house. A woman stops him at the door. He says, no, come on, what's the big deal? I just need to go pee. She says, no, like they said, no one's allowed in the house. You're supposed to use the cabana. Larry keeps arguing and arguing. He says, I know Hugh, which she thinks is meaningful. I would think that everyone at this party at (laughs) Hugh's house, or at least most of the people would know Hugh. Yeah. So, like, this shouldn't carry, like, a lot of weight that, like, an exception should be made for Larry. He would need
0: more information than uh, his
1: first name. Yeah, like, oh, well, I know Hugh. Oh, therefore, you know, you can go to yeah. the vault. Yeah, okay, fine. She's like, all right, you know, that convinces me. You know the person whose party, who's hosting the party. So therefore, you come to the house uh, as long as you make a number one. No number yes. two. Yeah.
0: Now, but by the way, when I have to go back to um the previous scene when Cheryl, when they're talking about the bakery and arguing about it. So when, when, when Susie expresses sympathy for the bakery being closed, Cheryl very dismissively says, no, maybe they're retiring, which, like, we know, and she knows, that that's not the case. Like, she was at the bakery when they said they lost the lease.
1: Right. right so, right.
0: And, and also, by the way, if they were retiring, like, if it was such a thriving, popular bakery, which it seems to be, everybody's shocked it's going out of business. If they were retiring, they would, the retiring people would have sold it to someone else. Right. So, yes. so is Cheryl also in on this, like, is she trying, I, it's, I don't understand what her motivation is here. Her and Larry oh, yeah. just seem insistent on, on trying to trick Jeff into not, uh, <laughs> I don't
1: know. Yeah, maybe Larry's planning to open up a spike bakery or something. I guess he was looking so, into the future. He wanted to. Yeah, yeah, so he stuff. like he didn't want to like tip off Jeff to uh, what When he's was. looking
0: for someone to bake scones, why didn't he go back to the Buttermans?
1: I was hoping there was going to be scones at the bakery when they went and to yeah. see if there was continuity in Larry David's preference for yeah. scones. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. And we would probably be the ones to discover. It. Yeah, people would have remembered at the time.
0: Yeah. But yeah, this is, this is a very different show than a show that would do that.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. But it could No, but it could have happened by accident.
0: Yeah. If, like, Michael Sher made the show, that would have happened.
1: Right. Yeah. Michael Schur should remake all the shows.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, by the way, and I've also – I've been to pool parties where they don't let you, be, like, use the house bathroom. But anyone who has a pool and a yard like Hugh does, they're clearly going to have, like, a nice poolside bathroom. Like, they have the one in the cabana. So what I don't – why is Larry so insistent yeah. on not going to the cabana? It's closer. He yeah, has no reason to think it's, like, not appealing.
1: Right. Like, and is there just, a like, long line? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, there might be a long line because if there's a lot of people at only one bathroom, yeah. but like, whatever. Like, that, so look.
0: that can be a problem at these pool parties where, like, there's the one bathroom and, yeah, and there can be a long line, especially
1: yeah. if you're like with a kid. So,
0: but Larry is just, yeah, he's just an asshole
1: um also like i like when like one of them comments that like wow this house is amazing and uh, susie's, like, <laughs> susie's like yeah I'm like, what, like, what are you talking about it looks yeah, amazing it doesn't yeah. susie thinks it's a little much or what, what did she say <laughs> oh, yeah, it's ostentatious yeah it's a little ostentatious okay yeah it, it looks very nice yeah i'll take that house yeah hugh uh i will come to all your parties so larry uh comes back out he says yep i was able to sweet talk my way into the bathroom but um, he starts to wonder why none of the other restaurant investors are here at the party. And then all of a sudden they look over and they see Hugh's kid is standing naked. And he apparently has a very large penis. Yeah. Um, Jeff comments that it's actually bigger than his <laughs> own. Which, Which is a
0: tough thing to say when you're trying to get your back into your wife's, uh, you know, move back in with your wife.
1: Yeah, so I mean, this this you know also kind of like maybe enhances like Jeff's profile as you know this serial uh, adulterer that he is because I don't know with if, if, if this guy has such a small penis unless this guy this this kids is just like so enormous that it puts any penis to shame. If like Jeff also has a small penis, then he's probably not getting a lot of repeat action with the same women. So like he's probably has you know he's really doubling tripling up to keep. Yeah,
0: his, I like, mean, he- but are people, people like Jeff or uh, our president, for example, the appeal is not the the physical appearance. So the women who are willing to sleep with Jeff are looking past those things already. Right. Also, he's I- telling Susie, who already knows, he's not tell he's not advertising it around town. Right, Although I guess sure. Cheryl knows now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, they're looking at the kid. And they're like, "Who's look at that kid? Who is that?" And Susie is the one who says, "Oh yeah, that's Hugh's son." How right. can Susie possibly know that? What <laughs> yeah, connection does point. she have to? Yeah, <laughs> she has never met the Melons before. She's there because her husband invested in yeah. So uh, that's and then my second question is:
1: I mean, it's possible they've already been at the party for half an hour and she met him. But yeah, you know, yeah, pretty much, you're right. Yeah.
0: Um, and then also, who is toweling the kid off? It's not it's not the nanny because the nanny is Sherry O'Terry, who's at a uh, you know guard duty at the front guard door. The door, right. And we will learn later in this episode that there is no one else available to watch the kid. So who's toweling the kid off?
1: <laughs> Probably and another question, predator. by the way,
0: we don't really see in this in this scene, the presumption is uh, the fact that he's being toweled off in the nude in front of all these guests. The presumption is that he's about two years old, right?
1: Uh, yeah, two to three.
0: Yeah, but uh, we will see at the end of this episode, and he's like a six or seven-year-old kid. <laughs> so I don't think he's in appropriate age anymore to be uh, to be toweled off in the nude in front of all the guests like that
1: yeah that's a little yeah anyway so we're uh over at a coffee shop larry and richard trying to get some lunch they spot an open table uh next to a black guy and you notice that he's black because that means that he's going to be in the story because otherwise he wouldn't be there and they uh you know larry and and richard are complaining how packed they have to be tight you know tied in here like sardines and it's hard to even have a conversation Larry tells Richard that he spoke to Hugh Mellon about the Bartlett's thing, and he was open to it, so we'll see. Richard's excited. He says, lunch is on him. Finally, I'm going to get credit for my line. Uh, Larry then kind of like, gives a little bit of a caveat. He says, you know, he, when he, he, had, he knew the quote, and he didn't necessarily attribute it to you right away. Uh, he said more like he has to talk about it with his partner, and we'll see. So, uh, you know, don't get uh, too overexcited. But, all, oh, sorry, but Larry says, also, I told you him about your, uh, your comedy special for HBO, and I invited him to come see the screening. So that should be good. Hopefully, you know, that, you know you'll get on his good side either way. Larry yeah. notices. It's yeah.
0: unclear in the curb world when being invited to screenings is like a nice it, offer, it's a positive, right. and when it's like an annoying thing. <laughs> like Obligation, an yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, it kind of, yeah. They kind of interchange. Richard okay. Lewis
0: is not like a huge name.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, it's probably the type of thing that does, is kind of random. Like sometimes you're in the mood to go and sometimes you're not. And sometimes by the way, and people we see you like. How
0: many of Richard Lewis' friends show up? And the answer is uh, Larry and his agent and nobody else.
1: Right. Yeah, Richard Lewis probably doesn't have a lot of friends. Yeah.
0: Although he's looking very good in these episodes compared to how he looks in at 2020.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. No, he looks terrible now. Yeah. But like Larry looks exactly the same. Exactly the same. How's it changed? Larry uh, thinks he spots the black guy eavesdropping on them, and he asks if he is, uh, are you getting all of this? And he says, no, I'm just eating. And then he notes, this is the lunch from hell.
0: Yeah, this is absurd. (laughs) This is absurd. This guy's having a normal lunch. Towards the end of his lunch, two celebrities sit at a table that's pretty close to his, and at one point, one of them interacts with him in a jocular fashion. Like, that's the lunch from hell? Like, I got to tell you, if this is the worst lunch of this guy's life, I want to switch places with him. That, that uh, would be yeah. like, that would, if I saw Larry David, like that would be the best lunch I've ever had in my life. But even if I don't know who Larry David is, this lunch would be like, at worst, it'd be slightly below average.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, not slightly below average. I mean, you're, it is still probably just uncomfortable to be packed up. But that's not like Larry and Richard's fault. That's but, the restaurant's fault. But also, fault.
0: this guy's eating alone. It's a
1: nice day outside. Get, get your order to go. Like, no one's forcing you to sit here. Yeah, no, it, I, Yeah, I, I, it, even if it is the lunch from hell, it's more just like the space than the the company. Yeah. No, like they didn't I, do anything that bad. I have a
0: spoiler alert. Uh, the worst person in this episode has just appeared. And it, <laughs> it, it, it's, yeah.
1: Oh, you always got to pick the black guy. <laughs> Damn. So Larry asks him, oh, where did you hear that expression? He says, his girlfriend. Richard says, ah, oh, it kills me. He's not getting the credit he deserves. Yeah.
0: Now, um, Ab, did you actually go and do research on the actual derivation of the term? I did not. Ah. I, ho- I hope you did. Uh, uh, yes, I did. So um, according to the Yale Book of Quotations, so it's not in Bartlett, but it is in the Yale Book of Quotations, which I feel like uh, Yale has even uh, more credibility than Bartlett. The Blank from Hell, and it was actually the Comedian from Hell, which is how he referred to himself in the Chicago Tribune on April 20th of 1986 – this is the earliest documented example of the expression from hell, referring to someone. But so it. Richard Lewis actually did invent this, and now it's actually even funnier when you <laughs> find that out. Because clearly the reason he brought this up on the show Curb is for the reason that he does in the show Curb, which is that he wants to get credit for this.
1: Uh, yeah, so it would seem. Yeah. And it does
0: shock me that it's only from 1986.
1: Yeah, I feel like my father was saying that for years.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, actually, now I see that uh, during World War I, German troops nicknamed Kilted Scottish Soldiers Ladies from Hell. Oh. And John Russell Fern's short, short story, The Man from Hell, was published in 1939. However, the Yale Book of Quotations attributes the phrase to Lewis, 1986.
1: But how do we know that, like, some guy in 1640 didn't say to another guy, yeah. well, this but, croissant is like a croissant from hell?
0: Yeah, you have to have a documentation, of course. Um, oh. But, like, the man from hell and ladies from hell, even both of those examples, I think don't mean it in the exact way that it's meant here.
1: Uh, I agree with you.
0: Although the comedian from hell, which is Richard Lewis's original use, is actually more like those other two uses also.
1: Yeah. 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 So, so, yeah. It, so it evolves.
0: Yeah, so I'm not really sure. I think Richard Lewis is uh, demanding a little bit too much credit. But he's getting it, so congrats.
1: Yeah, well, now he is. People are more and more recognizing Richard Lewis's contributions to that slogan. Yes. Okay, so we're uh, back over at the restaurant, and people want to know how everything went with Alsace the other night. Um, Jeff says, well, they don't really want to work with Alsace. Uh, Peter York
0: says uh, condescendingly.
1: Got it. Yeah, um, Very proud of his French. And Jeff says, well, they don't really want to work with us. And then he kind of like gazes over at Larry. <laughs> uh, Larry explains, yeah, you know, they, they don't, you know, we had an issue with, uh, there was a woman and then her husband got into an altercation with me. And now, you know, they don't want to do business with me. Um, they say, okay, what about Josh? Ted says, Josh came and he made a delicious meal, but Larry didn't like it. Larry confirms, yes, it was too saucy. A little too saucy. A
0: little saucy. <laughs> a little saucy. <laughs>
1: um so everyone is like in a little bit of a panic they have no chef they're opening in two weeks we're back to square one and everyone starts knocking on larry blaming it on him well you know if you had had to take this guy for your party if you did this everything is larry's fault and uh rightfully so most of it is larry's fault yeah not everything but enough <laughs> yeah he's like the most the biggest factor in yeah. the overall reason why they don't have a chef yeah
0: well, no, um, I mean, I wouldn't he's not the initial factor, right? It's not his fault that the first guy quit because the first guy got stressed out about working in a in a high-profile restaurant. Right,
1: right, right. That's true. But the lack um, of a replacement. And it was right. And it was Jeff was the one who used it, who asked for the ketchup, right? Yeah,
0: yes. But I would say that uh, – well, maybe that's why Jeff is so quick to pin it on someone else.
1: Right, that's true. Yeah.
0: But, okay. yeah, but Larry's largely responsible for the lack of a replacement,
1: so – yeah,
0: certainly none of the other investors have any responsibility or the manager who's not in this episode. I guess he's still. Uh, yeah, uh, no one else. Things. This is nobody else's yeah. problem. Although
1: this on is the smart. other hand, yeah. Larry's job.
0: yeah, they, they left that up to Larry. So totally on Larry. You know what it's like in Survivor. Some people step up and they take a leadership role like Larry David. Yeah.
1: And they, and they may put, suffer put, the consequences. Yeah. Larry has a target on his shoulders. This, yeah. This manager, you don't even know his name. How do you remember his name to write his name down?
0: Yeah, they're going to they're going to vote him out of the uh, they're going to vote him out of the tribe, out of the restaurant. So yeah, Larry with a bad strategy. This is early, this is early season though. This is 2002. Remember?
1: Yeah. See so how's yeah not a fully developed character yet. Yeah. So Larry says, "Well, at least I was at the pool party yesterday, unlike <laughs> almost all of you." Yeah. Which uh, all that's going to do is embarrass you.
0: Like none <laughs> went to the party.
1: Yeah. Everyone like starts making excuses. One guy apologizes. The other one says, "Well, I told you I wasn't going to come." Um, yeah. but, but they all agree that everyone's going to really, you know, make it a priority to start looking for a chef for the restaurant that they want to open in two weeks. Yeah, I wonder if it's still a requirement that the chef has to be able to make kebabs, or if like they're, Larry's willing to <laughs> kebabs, applesauce. That's the new thing. Oh yeah, applesauce now also um yeah so as you mentioned larry brings up you know i was in this coffee shop yesterday and they had a side of applesauce (laughs) and it was so delicious and tasty it was so good maybe we should have that as a side of the restaurant um everyone i will will say
0: this like i mean you have young children like me so i'm sure you have applesauce in your house yeah it's good never actually it It is actually very good
1: yeah it's good yeah it's very but when i do it's like yeah yeah, it's refreshing it's you know it's sweet
0: yeah there's a reason that children consume it in large quantities.
1: Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily want it as a side <laughs> know, of, like a restaurant a unless try, yeah. like I was having like potato latkes. <laughs> yeah, maybe restaurant. it'll be a Hanukkah-themed <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's as, as normal as there being a military mess hall vibe. Well,
0: maybe that's why, to remember the Greek soldiers. <laughs> that's right. Yeah you are getting jelly donuts and latkes and, and, That's it. and lots it's, of it's, it's just a
1: It's just a yeah. Hanukkah restaurant, yeah. 365 days a year. Yeah, and and, and chocolate. Uh, hey, listen, dessert. T- potato latkes are delicious. Jelly donuts are delicious. There's no all those reason things, why those. All those
0: things yeah. So are chocolate coins, by the way.
1: If they're good, they'll sell. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we should uh, try it. Okay, we should look into it. Also, we could sell sushi there. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, yeah. So uh, Larry goes over to Hugh and he says, so uh, I just want to let you know at the pool yesterday – I saw your son. That kid's got some penis on him. He's pretty good. Hugh is obviously very perturbed by this. Uh, but Larry says, no, this is a compliment. Hugh says, would you like it if I said I liked your wife's tits?
0: Which, by the <laughs> way, is a terrible example by like
1: Hugh. That, that's <laughs> yeah. a much
0: more normal yeah. thing to say.
1: Right. I mean, it's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a normal thing to say, but it's much more it's normal It's a little than
0: unusual, <laughs> but it's much less yes. risky.
1: Yeah, so no. yes, yeah. enough.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If someone said that, I would take it as a compliment. I'd probably be a little perturbed. But it's a very different from your child. Although yeah. I actually, oddly enough, I will say this: if it was a friend of mine, I'd be much more perturbed if it was my wife than my child. I feel like my friend would make that joke about my child, and I wouldn't care. But my friend isn't gonna comment about my wife's looks out of respect.
1: Right. Probably. So ironic. Yeah, and I've i probably heard people say like, "Oh, you are that son of yours he has a nice penis on him" or something like that. But it's yeah. like. No one thinks you're actually a pedophile. It's just like yeah, it's just no, funny of there's course, a, there's like of course. it's a, a, it's a right relationship, right.
0: relationship a little bit deeper than the uh, Larry Hugh relationship.
1: Yeah, yeah, relationship. yeah. You wouldn't say that the first time you were over yeah. at someone. <laughs> yeah, I, I would.
0: I would not react positively. That's
1: that's more of like a third date. Yeah. yeah. Type of comment. Well,
0: it's tra- trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. That's it's right. An, it, it's an immediate test. So, like a couple friends of mine uh, here in the neighborhood recently another guy who just moved in sort of added us all to like a little group chat and it was sort of like it's sort of a, a similar circumstance uh i think not just myself but other people in the chat are clearly sort of elevating the the types of things they normally to say to someone they don't know that well because it's kind of a test because at this stage in life let's see if we can be friends or not like we don't need to like waste time and being like awkward and like conservative and let's see like if like we are comfortable with each other and if not then all right then we don't have to waste time you know what i mean
1: right you're just gonna act like yourself and if it's the yeah, yeah if it doesn't if it doesn't work out like whatever yeah so in
0: that respect, I respect what Larry's doing here.
1: Is, uh, has, wa- has watching Survivor made you think about the dynamics of WhatsApp groups in terms of like the different groups of people and how they back up with each other?
0: Only right now, as I was telling the story about the uh, Go Fuck Yourself San Diego, which is the name of that group.
1: Uh, only as I
0: was telling that, which, yes, it's a very dated reference. So I, I would not personally use that reference, but I-, I acknowledge it was made. I never thought about it until I was saying that right now, but now I'm going to do so.
1: Yeah. I think that's all I think about now with what I'm like, a WhatsApp, I'm like, okay, who's in this group? Who's in that group? Which is the real group? You're
0: proposing an idea, which is actually not a terrible idea, which is that we make a like a WhatsApp group of 20 people and like we make a game of Survivor on WhatsApp and like at at the end of every week, we have to like, like kick someone out of the group.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's stuff like this. On, there's like online g- games.
0: Yeah, but like, but, it's not, it's, but yeah,
1: it would be interesting, and you know, I could make a up, like me, me, you, and a third guy make a group and say, okay, let's play it through. But really, then I have a group with so, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, think also, I, I think everybody's gonna have subgroups for conversation. I think I think sequester might be like this also.
0: Oh, okay. I don't yeah, know. What that like, is. Uh, that's that's the thing I've mean, heard of. But
1: yeah, I mean, I don't think it's like necessarily on like WhatsApp chat. I think it's more like video. I don't know. I've never seen it. It's very confusing. Yeah, you have to watch it live. I don't know. Yeah. See, but
0: I don't think the idea has to be that complicated. Although there has to be some motivation to be the last one in the group.
1: A billion dollars. What do you mean? Well, yeah. You <laughs> I, know, assume, every, everybody I assume CBS in, will put up money yeah, for no,
0: Everybody throws in 20 bucks. Yeah. And the winner takes down $400. And then, and then there have to be rules about, you know, you can't bribe, obviously. and You have to find 20 people you trust enough to exist by the rules that you're limiting to your group. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like we don't have a
0: bunch of CBS producers following people to make sure. It they sounds like this
1: would be like a lot more work than like yeah. <laughs> how enjoyable the payoff would be. But that being said, if this happens, I'm in.
0: Yeah, it's also well, we might not have fantasy football in the fall, so we're going to have to do something.
1: Yeah, we'll figure something out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, A.B., make up the rules. I feel like he's good at making up these rules.
1: Yeah. I don't know if A.B. still listens to this podcast. We might. Oh.
0: All right. Well, I guess we'll find out if he tells us if he responds yeah. to this conversation.
1: If you know A.B., reach out to him.
0: Yeah. Well, no, no. I, I only. I don't want people to reach out to A.B. No, I'm only, kidding. No,
1: I know A.B. Yeah. I don't need to. That, that, yeah, no, that's also true. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So Hugh walks away, and Larry yells out, come on, you!" and Hugh corrects him. It's Hugh. So we're back at home, and Cheryl is there with the nanny, who we will learn is named Martine. And we hear Cheryl saying she's sorry he's having such a hard time. It turns out Melon fired her because another worker in the house ratted her out that she let Larry in to use the bathroom.
0: Yeah. She has and, nowhere to go. But and, here's my question. Yeah. How did she get the David's address?
1: Uh, that's a good question. Yeah. It, it's an impossible – I mean
0: – I guess she, that, she knew she, the name of the person who asked her if he could pee and she looked him up in the phone book and he's listed. I guess that's the only possibility.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, right. That's uh, that, that's the only possibility. And it's possible that she said the name because, like, her, the melon could have said, like, and I know that you let Larry David in. Like, no,
0: but she said, no, she, she doesn't dime. She doesn't
1: dime. No, but meaning somebody saw.
0: So someone else said it was Larry and she just wouldn't confirm that.
1: Right. She was and she just yeah. said, I'm not I don't know, I didn't yeah. I didn't do it or I it, or There's I so I much
0: O'Terry in this character. Like this was very clearly like they picked her and then they made the character around
1: her. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's probably no. Yes. It's not that there was somebody in Larry's life who was like this person. Yeah. This exact personality. <laughs> and they, yeah. they said, "Oh, let's get see if you can get Sherry O'Terry to play that character." Yeah. yeah. Who, and, uh, but
0: she's very, very good at this. Like, you know, and that's why I guess she was great with certain characters on SNL. But then she didn't have so much of a career afterwards. Like, yeah, it, it's it very is somewhat limited.
1: It's very idiosyncratic. Like yes. this is like very like manic, but like yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. But like, yeah, she's very. It's very captivating. Yeah. So she says Larry. to Larry, you know, the reason I'm here is because you said that, like, if, you know, if there's a problem, you'll take care of it. But obviously, Larry didn't expect a problem of this magnitude. Yeah. And uh, she says, I'm homeless
0: now, but I don't yeah. smell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Um, and Larry says, well, you know, ordinarily I would, but I, I kind of had a falling out with uh, Hugh Mellon earlier today. Uh, because, you know, I saw the son's penis and I commented it out to him. Martin chimes in, yes, that son's penis is really huge. Um, Cheryl says to Larry, like, why would you do something like that? To which Larry says,
0: I took a risk. <laughs> so my now, favorite line. Yeah, so I had this line on my Facebook page for many years. I, I say it to Jen multiple times a day to her great <laughs> annoyance. But, yeah, Cheryl, with the, why would you do that, Larry? And, Larry, I took a risk. Uh, is this where we have to use our, our cost-benefit analysis of the risk?
1: Yeah, the I really, uh, yeah. What is the reward here? The reward is here is that it turns out that Hugh thinks it's kind of dope to talk about how big his son's penis is. And now that's something that they could joke around about. Yeah. So that's using
0: like, my I, previous example of the WhatsApp group, I think that the, the, the reward is that you see that this is somebody who's on your same, same wavelength and you can immediately have another friend. But I don't think Larry wants another friend. So yeah. I don't know what, what's in it for Larry. Like, Larry only likes to talk to people he doesn't know. He doesn't like – he doesn't want another person he has to do, stop and chats with.
1: Yeah, except that's not true. He only likes to hang out – he hangs out with Jeff and Richard Lewis. That's all he likes to talk to. do. Yeah.
0: So, so he is looking for another person of the Jeff, Richard, Lewis type. So he's seeing if this guy can hang with his
1: crew. Is I don't, that, I don't, I don't totally think Larry David knows what he wants.
0: Yeah. Again, as he says – Who he elevates, small talk to medium talk. Yeah. So when he, that guy's another stranger and he asks him how often he has sex with his wife. So that's what Larry does. He elevates small talk to medium talk.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess. Right. He, he wants to cut right to the punch. All right. Is this a person and also, that I can when you say,
0: well, what's the reward? Well, really what's the risk? The risk is that he makes an awkward interaction with someone who'll never see again. And he doesn't care about that. But as you said, good. this is not a risk that he
1: envisioned. No, but he, yeah. this is someone that he's like in business with, isn't it?
0: Yeah, but as he says, as he says in that first scene where they're all fretting about the about the chef and and they don't have a chef, and Larry's so dismissive, he's like, "Ah, oh, it's only money." Like Larry doesn't give a shit.
1: Yeah, but okay, you would think that this guy that like he's come to know, like he doesn't want to like have well, he, some guy he, who's like, "Oh, that yeah. guy's a wacko. Who's if nothing else, walker. for
0: Richard Lewis and Bartlett's.
1: Right. Yeah, and he sabotaged yeah. his friend's thing. Yeah, well, that's, that's why Richard. He, yeah, Richard. That's why like he doesn't get thing. the credit to this day. Yeah. <laughs> Larry had to go talk about his son's penis. Yeah, those German soldiers with their Scottish ladies from hell. Anyway, so Cheryl uh, wants to kind of like reassure Martine. She says, you know, I don't think you're going to have any trouble finding a nanny job. Everyone needs a nanny. Martine is a little worried because like she has no references because obviously Hugh is not going to give her a reference. And this is her first nanny job. They're like, oh, really? What did you do before this job? She says, well, I worked at Magic Mountain at the Looney Tunes Lodge for 15 years. Larry says, oh, I remember that place. I went there once with Jeff and Sammy. Which doesn't
0: seem like a thing Larry would ever do.
1: Yeah. But okay. Oh, um, hey, Larry, I'm going to go to a Looney Tunes theme park today with my kids. Do you want to come with? Larry would say, fuck you. Yes. He'd say, fuck
0: you. Larry is not a come with guy.
1: Um, and yeah, and he says, I vividly remember that they played the Looney Tunes theme song, uh all the time and they all do what they sing together yeah it is a very annoying song oh very annoying. drive one to violence yeah so uh cheryl uh asks larry if they could come talk in the kitchen alone says By the way, as they get do up you
0: do you know? notice uh, the entire time this entire scene martine is drinking a juice box
1: I did not notice that. I have so many questions. So
0: where did the juice box come from? Because there's no chance that the Davids are stocking that, right?
1: She probably had one in her bag. Yeah, she brought it
0: from the Melon's house. And then she just sits there and opens it on the couch in the living room, which is a little bit of a risk.
1: She's also taking risks. She was probably thirsty. Yeah, I guess so. So Cheryl says, what is she doing here? Why does she have her suitcase with her? I do not want the nanny from hell. She does
0: comment multiple times that the house is very big and, you know, she might have to stay here.
1: Yes. (laughs) Larry says, wait a second. Where did you hear that expression? She says, my dad. She's been saying it for years. Larry says, no, Richard Lewis made it up. Cheryl says, no, like everyone knows that expression. Yeah. Cheryl says, the point is, I did not want her here. Okay. You wouldn't believe what she's been telling me for the last 20 minutes. She's full of non sequiturs. She tells me she likes to pet horses. She enjoys a good corn dog. She takes baths with her socks on. She enjoys a good corn dog? She's got a screw loose somewhere.
0: Yeah. Larry is flummoxed.
1: Why did you ever hire this woman? Okay, so yeah, I mean that's what we have to uh, kind of figure out here because you know Larry's basically says we should ha- we should recommend them to Susie and Jeff. Cause they need a nanny. You know that's how yeah. Cheryl learns that she's pregnant. Yeah, and Cheryl says no. Like well, she's a little kooky. And Larry says, well, she's obviously a little eccentric, but like she's wor- she was working for Hugh, who has like this ridiculous house, and I'm sure is like not yeah. like chill. He's got that partlet bunny. And he didn't get. she didn't get fired for being a bad daddy. She got fired because, like, she let me to the house, which is like, stupid and probably means she's amazing if, like, they fire someone for something so frivolous yeah, and this is, like, the first time she did something of that yeah, sort. Yeah,
0: she had survived. That's, like, that's actually have an excellent point.
1: So, like, it's hard to then explain that she's that completely berserk. And, like, even, like, Cheryl just immediately finds her to be, like, very off-putting and a screw yeah. but, but maybe is that, no, because she hasn't even heard the Looney Tunes. Too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, here's my question. Susie's
0: pregnant? What? Like, first of all, what happens to the second kid? Uh, Unless something happens, I don't remember. I'm also, it just reminds me how shocked I am that I never really thought of before this scene. How is it that they don't already have a nanny just for Sammy? Like, what percentage of Hollywood agent type people with, like, married with, you know, with a kid don't have a nanny? I would say it's very, very low.
1: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really make sense the way Larry explains it, but, like, it does seem like she wants the, her to start as her daddy, like, right away, I think. Yeah, so, you know, Larry says, like, she'll probably be good. In at, at any event, like, they'll meet her. If they like her, they'll hire her. If they don't like her, they won't. It's win-win. Like, worst case, we did a nice thing, and it turns out she wasn't great, so.
0: Yeah, but if they don't if they don't hire her, I don't think Larry's uh, obligation to this woman is finished.
1: Uh, Yeah, probably not.
0: Unless they don't hire her because she gets arrested
1: for you know, committing a uh, felony. Assault, assault yeah. Yes.
0: Attempted murder, actually.
1: So uh, Larry is driving Martine over to Jeff's house, and she's humming the Looney Tunes theme song on repeat yes. in, the front, in the passenger seat. Uh, Larry says he's going to stop off at the bakery to get some sponge cake for his friend's birthday. How could he? They're out of business. Yeah. Immediately, because you were there. They said they're going out of business. That meant, like, when you leave the store, they're out of business. Yeah. You're the last customer. Ego egomaniac. Although
0: when he shows up, they they literally do not have a single box left in the entire store. So maybe it is their last day.
1: Okay, but like... It still... also
0: it doesn't make sense that... Yeah, so he goes in, he asks, and he says, you know, how many are left? And they say, I'll take them all. And then the person says after, oh, um, but we don't have boxes. Like, every person coming into the store would need to be told that right off the bat. You don't have to wait to see if they want a dozen sponge cakes. Like, no matter what they're getting, you're going to need to put it in some kind of receptacle. Yeah. Unless they have little bags or something, so it just—it just—I find it hard to believe that every customer coming in is taking their cake or whatever they're buying, stuffed in like wrapped in saran wrap,
1: <laughs> right? Especially if they're getting twelve.
0: Yeah. But uh, yeah, and they had, they could have a box to put the bags in, but of course, uh, for the, pur- the pur- for the purpose of the uh, story, we need them to be loose.
1: Um, and then in another weird abrupt scene, he sees her like eating food, and is like, "What are you doing?" And she's like, "Oh, relax. I'm just take like it's a free sample. You're allowed to take."
0: Yeah. Maybe that's why they're going out of business. Can,
1: yeah, can't so give it away for free. Yeah, Gary Cohen always used to joke that the reason why the Brooklyn Dodgers had to move to LA is he says, if you ever notice every time somebody tells a story about like going to a Dodgers game, it always starts with me and my brother snuck into the bleachers. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um Yeah, so yeah, I don't but like so this just this this shows that she's doing something normal and Larry's s- suspicious of her. Yeah. I don't really know what it shows at this point. Yeah, it's a weird, yeah, weird. Throwaway. She also might
0: be starving because she's
1: homeless at the moment. Right, yeah. The, that's David's the,
0: the David didn't offer any food or drink. Yeah, she had she to is. take she, her own she, juice box. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so they we uh, we get over to Jeff's house. Yeah, so this is what
0: I was complaining about before.
1: Yeah, so what's your question?
0: So, all right, so they, they get to his house and and Susie opens the door and Larry says, Susie, this is the nanny I was talking about on the phone. And Susie, and then, uh, yeah, Susie, of course, uh, drops the F-bomb right away. But, um, very quickly, Martine says to Susie – oh, Susie's first upset about the, the sponge cakes, obviously. The because- number of
1: cakes. What are you doing? Yeah. You're right. he like, he have a cake. Have you seen my husband? He's fat. He's going to explode. Yes. And as yeah. we know in
0: Curb, the tradition always is to be ungrateful uh, when you are a gift recipient.
1: Yes. Yeah. So she doesn't um, want the
0: cakes and where the boxes. She's very upset. She says that she doesn't have freezer adequate for the sponge cake, which, you know, she lives in a mansion. I'm sure she can find somewhere in her freezer. But anyways. Um, and, then she, and then Martine says, congratulations, by the way. And Susie says, for what? And Susie becomes enraged that Martine knows that she's pregnant and that Larry told Martine, which means that Jeff told Larry. So, how did Susie think, like, why did Susie think that Larry was calling to offer the the services of a nanny, if not for Susie being pregnant?
1: I guess it could have just been they, you know, they need one for Sammy. Maybe they recently had an nanny that quit. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, right. That would, but that Larry. Mentioned.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But Larry. You know the Larry's impetus for thinking. Of yeah. That was where? That, yes. Where would Larry
0: thing. have a connection to a nanny? So it, that doesn't make any sense. But then, of course. So so when Susie gets mad at Larry, Larry denies telling Martine. He says he never told her, which is even more absurd. Like Martine heard this from he, one of her many other mutual friends that she shares in common with Susie. And but um, yeah, so I don't understand why Larry lies uh, about having told martine i don't understand why Susie is surprised or so offended by the way you, like the woman is here to interview as a nanny right like you can't interview someone to be your nanny without telling her oh by the way i'm pregnant there's another baby on the way so the whole this whole scene makes no sense
1: yeah i hear you so Susie, yeah, so Susie says, takes the
0: cakes very yeah, angrily
1: so, says martine should come in for an interview yeah. larry should leave the cake in the kitchen yeah. Uh, we then see Susie grabbing all the cakes and throwing them out in the trash.
0: Now, oh, yes. But however, she doesn't throw them. They don't even have a garbage. They have a recycling receptacle, and then they just have a bunch of loose trash
1: bags. But she
0: doesn't even put it in a trash bag. She just throws the cakes loose on the ground.
1: Yeah. I mean, she should, it's a good thing she didn't throw them into Larry's neighbor's trash.
0: Yeah, but I don't understand. Like, first of all, don't animals come eat them? Like, does the city not provide uh, garbage receptacles? Even if the city doesn't do the greens, not, they can't afford it. They just, they just
1: just throw it on the floor. (laughs) It's, it's complete insanity. So anyway. Yeah. Or maybe Susie just throws it out there. that like, he's, she's going to tell like the maid later. Oh, there's a, there's a bunch of cakes out there. Like throw them out properly. (laughs) But
0: again, you're just asking like a raccoon to show up. I don't know. Maybe they don't. Yeah.
1: It's not a a smart move. I, I agree. I agree. Good. Uh, Good criticism. So we're at Richard's screening, and Richard is very nervous, but they reassure him, like, there's nothing to be nervous about. Just relax, watch it. You already did it. HBO liked it. It must be good. Um, R- Richard asks, Larry, can you introduce me to the Bartlett's guy? Uh, before the show, Larry says, oh, there's a problem with that. He tells him everything that happened with the penis. So you're probably not going to get into Bartlett's. But suddenly, Jeff gets a call that the nanny has attacked Susie. Larry wonders if he should go along, but Richard says, if you leave, I'm going to collapse. And then they note that they both pronounce the word collapse the same way, collapse. Yeah. That was weird. Hugh and the, and the son run by, and Larry says, that's the kid. Richard says, the porn baby? Larry says, yes, the porn baby. They <laughs> Which is a great thing. That he must be here because he fired the nanny, so he has to now bring the kid with him. Which yeah, I mean now like Hugh so desperately wants to go to the screening of Richard Lewis's comedy special that yeah. he's gonna like schlep out his kid. It's complete madness.
0: Be- yeah. First of all, it <laughs> makes no sense why Hugh came, but also why can no one watch Hugh's kid? Is there no like spouse? Is there no replacement nanny? Is there no the cook, a, a babysitter, a family member? Right. I the mean, person we, know- we saw toweling off the kid. There's like right. many options here.
1: We know for sure there's at least one other employee in the house. Yeah. We and suspect we there, there are. We yes. suspect there are more. Yeah. Yeah, so
0: very uh strange. Why all of a sudden he has no one to watch his child? But also, it is so critical that he attend this event that he comes with his child.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people have one person working in their house, but like once it gets to two, then it's like you could have two or you could have eight, and like those are you know you you, quick, you quicker get from two to eight than you get from one to two.
0: Well, so let's think like what if you're like very wealthy, so you can have, I mean, you can have a, an an individual nanny for each one of your kids, I guess. So, yeah, that's guess. a bit crazy though. It's not that unusual, I don't think. And like, if you're very, very wealthy, like Hollywood celebrity types, they're hiring each one of their kids again, like a one-on-one relationship. Now,
1: right? Yeah, who does?
0: So you got okay. So you got like three of those, let's say, or two of those. Yeah, they're no more than two kids, probably. I guess you have a cook because they said cook.
1: You need a cook. You need a mate, like a cleaning. A, well, like cleaning a clean. person.
0: Okay. And who else do you need?
1: Um, he maybe like like a uh, a pool slash gardener guy,
0: but that has to live in the house, or a guy yeah, just comes not. once a week, or maybe even a yeah, couple times a week.
1: You probably don't want that guy living. Even the house. even if he
0: comes every day, he's not sleeping
1: over. <laughs> he doesn't need to sleep over. Yeah, yeah
0: I, I don't even I don't even know why you need a cook to sleep over, honestly. But I guess you want your breakfast
1: all right so maybe the cook doesn't sleep over there you go so yeah. the, the cook leaves at five o'clock after she makes dinner yeah and then, and then she's gone and that's why he had to take him to go well hold the on screening. a second
0: they need a cook so badly that ted dans was offering his cook why does it he offer his cook he's <laughs> one of the the investors why has this never even come up
1: <laughs> that's a good point that's a good point. Yeah, Hugh's an asshole. All right, Hugh I think Hugh's gonna be the worst person.
0: Yeah, I've totally changed. I mean I didn't like that guy, you know, uh complaining about uh getting to have lunch next to Larry David. But Hugh is uh you know, he is an asshole.
1: And imagine how good this cook must be that has never done anything <laughs> yeah, to get fired. Know Hugh is.
0: Yeah. yeah, wow. You've totally changed me.
1: So we uh we see some of the special starting, uh the kid is complaining, Larry shushes him. I don't know why Larry is like, oh, I should get further involved with this kid than his father. Yeah. like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. Now just it seems low. like it's vindicative. Yeah, just lay low while you're starting up with the kid. They're like insulting each other back and forth, Duty phase, poopy phase, you're stupid, you're stupid. Larry's really getting in the gutter with this kid. Yeah. Hugh says, don't speak to us again, all right? I'm warning you. Larry says, you know, I wouldn't be here if you didn't fire that nanny. Hugh says, well, I would have had to hire her if some asshole did bribe her. Yeah, this is false. There was no bribe. Yeah, It was just it's persuasion. No just persuasion. So
0: now Hugh's making defamatory comments about Larry.
1: Yeah. Uh, Larry says, fuck Hugh. Yeah. <laughs> Which Hugh says, fuck you. And Larry says again, fuck Hugh. On his way out. Yeah.
0: Every single time I've ever come across a Hue in my life, and it doesn't happen that frequently, it's immediate my immediate reaction is fuck Hugh, and I understand that it's not remotely original, and I equally understand that I don't care.
1: Yeah. So it's um, how many of uh, how many of these you. people named Hugh are still friends with you after your <laughs> initial... <laughs> well, I guess that's why I have you. not yeah. That's
0: why I, I so rarely see a Hugh, because I never see a Hugh more than yeah.
1: once. They know about you, the <laughs> Hue the, uh, the Hugh yeah. subreddit.
0: You're a raving Huey anti
1: hueite. Ah, uh, so we're at Jeff's house. And by um, it doesn't have
0: to be "fuck." You could also say like "I love you."
1: Yeah, that is funny. Yeah,
0: that is funny. True.
1: Larry goes up to see Susie. He tells her. He te- She tells him that the daddy is crazy. Larry says, "Oh, obviously, I didn't know that. If I had known, it would be crazy for me to re- recommend the daddy to you that I thought might be crazy." Susie says, "Of course, you would know. That would be, yeah. that would be Susie safe. is calm.
0: She's she's grateful. She's she's the most un-Susie oh, ever." It baffles the mind.
1: Larry wants to know what happens. We hear Susie starts narrating. We don't. This is, I think, a first time we get like a device like this.
0: Yeah, it's Susie's, enjoyable though.
1: Yeah, Susie's giving a narration. We get a flashback of Sammy watching Looney Tunes and, yeah, in her
0: bedroom. It's sort the theme, of like a blue tint to the to the screen to indicate that it's a flashback.
1: Yeah, the theme song is playing, and Martine just gets like very set off, and she starts freaking out. and She triggered, starts fighting. Yeah, triggered. She uh, pushes Susie, and uh, she's in fighting, and she pushes her off the ramp, but thank God she fell upon 15, 12 sponge cakes out and out of the cement, yeah. and she lived.
0: That's how the episode ends. <laughs> it's like, first of all, uh, can we go step by step through this complete insanity that we, <laughs> the episode ends on? We sure all can. Right. Okay, so I'm going to start with the architecture of the house. You would never have a balcony off of a child's bedroom for the very reason we see, which is if someone can easily get pushed off, then a child can easily fall off. So, number one, uh, you should not have Sammy sleeping in a room with a balcony. We've also been in Sammy's room before to get the doll, and it was a very small room with, with yes. yeah, there, was, there wasn't a, it looked very different than this room. Uh, next. uh This disgusting balcony is overlooking a bunch of garbage—not even a garbage bin, but just loose garbage. So it's not even like you have a beautiful view. Like, so this house, this balcony makes no sense.
1: Oh, is there uh, is there an ocean view available? No, but we can offer you a garbage view.
0: Oh, you'd be like, look at the garbage bins. No, no, there are no garbage bins at this house. You'll just look at your loose garbage. <laughs> it's
1: right, it's just the garbage is out there.
0: So all of that is completely insane. But then we get to this, this violent fight that escalates literally, and they have to bring in a doll, which if you watch very slowly, you can see when Susie's replaced with a doll. This woman gets pushed off of a balcony and flies to her, expectant death. So Sherry O'Terry has now essentially committed effective uh, like attempted homicide. What with Sammy and the firm watching.
1: Yeah, they, I mean, they don't really give you a lot to go on. And what happens dads? next, by the way?
0: Because now you have a crazy Sherry in the house with the child. You have Susie sitting on the ground outside. There's nobody else there, right? Susie has to come back in and call Jeff on his cell phone at the at the show to come home. So, like, who calls the cops? Like, what else? Does, or, or does or does having thrown Susie off of the uh, porch sort of wake uh, Sherry Terry out of her stoop?
1: Yeah, I mean, they don't really explain a lot how her yeah. condition works.
0: <laughs> yeah, because she enjoyed the song previously throughout the episode.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the most important
0: flaw with this scene is, as I said before, it is impossible to believe that the Susie Green that we know would be grateful to Larry for having given her the sponge cakes that she chose to throw out that she landed on, rather than enraged at him for having sent a nanny who attempted to murder her.
1: Yeah, the, she, it, yeah. It boggles the mind. Susie would not be cool with Larry right now. I mean,
0: I don't think anybody would, but let alone, yeah, Susie. Yeah, no,
1: she's been she's been much angrier at Larry for much, much less. Yes, justifiably. Yeah.
0: So she says, you know, this woman belongs in a mental institution. I mean, I assume that the, that the that's either some kind of services were called if, if not the police. I don't know. You know, maybe maybe there's, you know, as we're learning more about you know what isn't isn't appropriate for police, maybe there's someone else you call. But certainly, someone should come take this uh this uh, woman who's a danger to herself and others and uh, remove her from the home.
1: Yeah, or, at the very least, turn off Looney Tunes. <laughs> like, don't, yeah, well, let's not... Where's the
0: cable guy when you need him?
1: <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, yeah. someone just, for God's sake, turn off the Looney Tunes. Yeah,
0: there's too many remotes, they can't figure out how to do it. Sammy's about a child.
1: There you go, exactly. Sammy probably doesn't know. Yeah. Sammy's confused. She's yeah. just that's a crazy lady in the house.
0: All right, so, Av, uh, 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 taking all this into account, how do you rank this episode?
1: I'm going to give this a... Th- Three pretty, 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 pretty good. I don't think it's a great episode, but I think it has some, a couple really fun scenes, and Sherry O'Terry really came to play, and she's uh, she's wonderful. So it's, it's, it's maybe not a great episode, but it's memorable.
0: Yeah. the Fuck you. I took a risk. There's there's many uh, memorable lines. You can't hear that stupid song without thinking of this scene and then this episode. The story doesn't make any sense, but there's enough funny things that I'm going to say it's pretty, 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 pretty good. So that's three and a half for me. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a slightly above average episode because the story makes no sense whatsoever, but there are some very funny things about it. So
1: Let's move on to uh, the Come With Guy. For Come with Guy, I'm gonna do Martine. I you yes. know, I, I you know, she uh she's she's the life of the episode. She's a, you know, just a great performance. And you know, I you know, she lets Larry use the bathroom. She's uh you know, she's a nice woman. Just like, you know, she has a little bit too much Looney Tunes. She could, you know, she, you gotta keep the looney tunes in moderation, otherwise she thinks things could get a little out of hands. But yeah, it can happen, lot, it can happen to the best of us. Yeah. So but she's you know, she's fun, she's out to party.
0: Yeah, definitely agree with you. The worst person, to me, it has to be Hugh Mellon. You know, I actually, as I said, I didn't like the guy who complained about you know what would be the best uh, lunch of my life, which would be lunch with Larry David and Richard Lewis. But um, Hugh Mellon is a is a very evil maniac who won't even share his uh, his chef. So yeah, he fires people on a whim. He gets overly sensitive. He cur- he curses in front of his child, you know, which is probably the least offensive of those various things I just listed. But the question is, Hugh Mellon is such a psychopath. Is he worse than Neighbor Dean?
1: Um, or do you have a different worse? Do you have a different
0: worst person in this episode?
1: No, no, no. I have yeah. the same Hugh Mellon, for yeah. sure. No, he's very bad. I I mean, Neighbor Dean is still, I think, just like more sociopathic.
0: Here's my. Like question. it was just. Imagine if Hugh and, and Dean were next door our neighbors. They would go oh, to war with each other.
1: That could be a sitcom right there.
0: Yeah. Should we do this off
1: All right. Let's work on it.
0: Yeah. All right. So we have our two main actors. They're both – uh, who plays Hugh Mellon?
1: Tib Kozerunski.
0: Yeah. And what is uh, Mr. Kozerunski up to these days?
1: I wouldn't know. He, oh,
0: he was on SNL for four years. There you go. He's waiting for his vehicle. All right. So we, we, uh, we mentioned Sherry O'Terry several times on this episode – in 2020, this is sort of a reverse of a lot of these people. There's a lot of people who aren't big at the time that they're on the show in season one, two, and three that you know, we now consider much more famous. Sherry O'Terry is kind of the opposite. Uh, she was much more famous uh, when this episode was made. She, you know, was, uh, was, she, she was, was she still on SNL or she had just left SNL?
1: I couldn't say, but it was around the same time. So it's like most people who like, are into pop culture recognize her where you know these millennials or Gen Zers, no way they know who Sherry O'Terry is. Yeah. Like, she was, what, like the seventh best person on SNL or fourth best. I, I mean, she was at the I mean, like in her, in her cast. Like she yeah, wasn't but, even like one of the leads. Yeah, but she had, you know, very iconic characters. That's you know, true. like
0: The cheerleader she played with Will Ferrell. Right. Oh,
1: yeah. But goodness. meaning. So because of that, like people know Will Ferrell from that cast. Like if you're not. If you're, I mean,
0: I think that if you ask people our age, if, they, our if age. you show them a picture of Sherry O'Terry. Yeah.
1: Yeah, our no, age, right, I'm everybody. saying, the younger generation, they would Yeah, have. but I don't
0: think that everybody would necessarily recognize, uh, you know, another, like, uh, mid-tier uh, SNL actress from 20 no, years I, ago.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I'm saying she wasn't, like... Like, like you,
0: Mark I, McKinney or something.
1: No, yeah, I have no idea who that is. Yeah.
0: and she, But she doesn't play herself, of course, so she plays a character, but she's still not as famous uh, as Ed Asner.
1: Even no. If to, no even no. if,
0: to me and you, like, she was, but, you know, overall, she's not.
1: Correct, as a, yes. I yeah. would sooner recognize her immediately than Ed Asner immediately. Yeah, Uh, But yeah, I know it has more
0: for his sort of grumpy politics
1: than anything else. Right. Should we uh, head over to see what the postman has? Yes. Let's see what the postman has. Uh, Postman! Postman! uh, Come here! here Tell the neighborhood! All right. The postman has an email from Zach Brooks. He says, regarding Chester's story last week, my Facebook quote was a Seinfeld quote. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Well, if you're thirsty, I hope you have an apple juice. Yeah. Loved the depths of hell, made me laugh, and that whole interaction was good. The rest of the episode, not so good or logical. Two weeks in a row, two pretties.
0: Okay. yeah. If, if you need logic, this is
1: not the episode for you. Yeah, not the best. Um, okay, and then we have an email from Olin Allen. He says, like it was fate that Larry brought a dozen sponge cakes to save Susie from the daddy from hell, he recommended it. Also seems fate that I get a Looney Tunes related episode while I, while I am being made to di- binge Disney content via another Ovsodetsky podcast. That's true. Fair enough. Um, I just so much prefer general Looney Tunes and Warner Brothers cartoons than Disney since as far back as I can remember, with Roadrunner being a particular obsession. I also was a very big Roadrunner fan. I always loved Roadrunner. Very cool. Just like very cool edible, super fast, good stuff. Good like, stick with the Wily E. Coyote is also. Of course, Sidefeld and here with Curb have plenty of callbacks. It seems to have some influence on Larry and Jerry. I just feel lately that Disney is trying to monopolize not necessarily children's content, but people's supposed nostalgia. Looney Tunes and Warner Brothers are much more in the vein of Kermit Seinfeld with the cynicism and playfulness and down-to-earth nature... Using smarts and braids, whereas Disney is so much more fantastical, aspirational fantasy, where women continually advance themselves by just marrying a prince. Yes, owen you're 100 percent right. I completely agree. I'm a sucker for the Disney stuff, but they're you know they're very good at what they do. I was at Disney World last uh, winter break, and they do this like fireworks thing where they play like pictures for the movies and songs. It's all together, and like you just like you're just welling up, and you're just like, how do they do this to you? They just they're so good at this. Uh, but yeah, they've uh, they've definitely done a good job of occupying that space. Yeah. Anyway, glad that I could say presumptively that I feel like I have the likes of Larry David firmly on my side. Although after saying that, this episode was basically portraying Looney Tunes for creating nice, pleasant, sweet people into deranged murderers. So maybe he isn't that big, big a fan after all. As for the episode, there were so many tropes that feature regularly in *Curb and Seinfeld*. Some I noted are: one, Larry asking for a favor off an employer, Garrett off an employee. Guaranteeing he has their back, leading to inevitable sacking. Very true. Yeah. Number two, the need to use the correct, better toilet. Of course, also important in Seinfeld. <laughs> Good call. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, these are just like very idiosyncratic. Larry Davis right? um George has the the eye toilet, right? Yeah. When he comes back, uh yes. um, But of course, three... as we
0: said, complaining about um
1: you know having to get a gift and how much a gift costs for a party. Right. Um, and number three, someone else's gifted penis causing problems for the lives of Larry.
0: Who else has a gifted penis that causes problems for Larry? I mean, George has the, has the reverse problem, of course, with the shrinkage. Right. But
1: Yeah, I don't know. Good question. Um, I was thinking maybe at first it was putty, but that's with Jerry, not with George. Yeah,
0: Kramer accidentally exposes uh, something uh, on, on a, on a, with, photo, with photography, of course. First of Elaine, and later of himself. Yeah, yeah. I'm, recall, I'm not sure.
1: I don't recall anyone having uh, giving George penis envy of any sort. Yeah,
0: and I don't remember any children uh, with uh, describe. I mean, there's of course a bris in Seinfeld, but we never hear um, anything impressive about the uh, the girth of the uh, the the infant's penis.
1: No,
0: surprisingly, uh, that wasn't uh, prime network TV uh, content in nineteen.
1: Yeah, you think it on HBO, so you could put stuff <laughs> like that and say fuck. Yeah, yeah. that's, um, what, that's what Olin says the episode overall was fine. I like the Susie murder story segment filled the a mix of style of film noir and murder documentary reconstruction. Well, that's like that
0: episode of Seinfeld uh, with the Cable Boy. What have you done to my little Cable Boy?
1: (laughs) Yes. Is this Um, Larry Charles also? Uh, here he says he says was no surprise to see it was Larry Charles who directed the episode. Yeah. Susie's fat Jeff Ritt was the highlight. Yeah, that's true. We we mentioned that. Can
0: I ask the question? Um, um, would life have been better? I mean, God forbid. I wish no ill upon any uh, fake characters, but would life have been better for Jeff uh, if uh, Susie had not been saved by
1: the sponge cakes? Uh, probably not. Although, and why do I care some... about
0: Jeff? Like Sammy would be
1: motherless. So, yeah, Although, he, and he needs someone to take care of. Him. And Sammy's carrying a, a baby good, now. Is
0: she a good mother? Well, oh. Wait, but oh, but Larry asks, "How's the baby?" And Susie says, "It's fine."
1: Yeah, but not if she not if she had died.
0: No, but I'm wondering, but so because I was wondering before, what happens to the second child? Because the second child never materializes on the show. Yeah, well, so this pregnancy is not going to end in a uh, in a child living in their home.
1: Yeah, one way way or another. Yeah, one way or
0: another would have been very dark. (laughs) if Susie lost the pregnancy (laughs) in this episode. Would
1: have been very dark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Boop 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 boop. Yeah, you his shoulders. Yeah, you end at the hospital. We're <laughs>
0: so be, sorry. And <laughs> telling Susan she balls Yeah, Larry says no good. <laughs> Although we're laughing and making light, like Seinfeld literally did that to Susan. Yes, they literally <laughs> yeah. just murdered her, and it was like, yeah, now it's a little bit different because it's uh, an annoying woman versus a child. Yeah. But like, one is actually like homicide is a mu- you know is a much worse thing. You know, not to uh. Anyway,
1: yeah, we're not bad. Seinfeld did it. Yeah, so was really out of its time. Uh, my beloved Richard Lewis is probably most his restrained and weakest performance yet. Finally, I presume Jeff and Susie were hooking up for some nookie rather than Jeff feeling forced to cover for her failing, falling pregnant to someone else. Oh, seemed, I didn't even think
0: about that. But I there's could no, see Susie forcing him to do so. Yeah, there's no way that Jeff is going to do that. He doesn't want to come back that badly, that he's going to cover up for like, her having slept with someone else and she's gonna, he's going to raise someone else's child as his own. There's no way Jeff is doing that.
1: Yeah, probably not. But
0: I do like the idea. Like it's a, it's a good idea. It's a good uh, idea. Over. Yeah. All right. Well, and, let's be, let's, it,
1: let's see if we'll continue to examine this storyline and see if uh, there's keep, further evidence. Yeah. Of-
0: keep an eye on Susie's uh, stomach, and let's see uh, what you know. What? What? Where the story? Right. We
1: also have the potential theory that Jeff intentionally slipped one past the goalie in order to entrap yeah. Susie in a marriage. Yeah.
0: But if Jeff wants back in so badly, then is it possible that he would come back even knowing it wasn't his own child?
1: Yeah. So that's an even bigger, more desperate. But yeah, uh, yeah maybe he just really wants to be back home. Yeah. I, could see I mean, he's, he, probably very, he's probably very lonely.
0: He does like her cooking. We know that
1: he's willing yeah. to steal it. Yeah, he probably just wants to be home.
0: Yeah, I think clients we know like Cheryl isn't really so easy with Larry working with him. So clients probably, and and, and both female clients and maybe uh, male clients as well, or their or their spouses at the least, would prefer to work with him if he's you know a married, more stable man. So maybe he needs it for professional reasons.
1: That's true. Yeah. Villain of the week, Olin says he doesn't want to consider the nanny because he feels more sorry for her, and she seemed like a sweet soul. You yeah. seem dodgy, and obviously the other restaurant investors are key to avoid his party advice. However, my villain for the first time is an unseen character—the cook who snitched on the nanny. Oh, that's Not good. Yeah. That's a power move, Olin.
0: Yeah, it, you know this does this. This whole story with the cook and the nanny really reminds me of of the story of uh, Pharaoh's dreams in Genesis that that Joseph interprets. You know, with uh, various servants of this overly finicky Pharaoh who punishes people unnecessarily, much like you. And, you know, uh, much like, yeah, (laughs) Uh, much like Hugh. And, uh, you know, in that case, uh, doesn't fire them, but throws them in prison and ultimately uh, uh, beheads one of them or hangs one of them, I think, actually, is the the form of uh, punishment that's applied. And so, uh, you know, I can only hope that uh, Hugh has coming for him uh, what God gave to uh, Pharaoh eventually. Okay, and let's wrap up Olin's email. His come with gal is Susie. She was in unusually good form throughout and only had her insults for Jeff very far behind his back. Seems so kind about the nanny and Larry despite her miraculous escape from murder. I'm sure some medication played its part. Oh, another good observation from Olin. Uh, Yeah, she must have been somewhat subdued medically because there's no way that non-medically subdued Susie reacts that way. Overall, Olin's rating, he says, It's a good, easy watch, but light on laughs. Two and a half, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Two and a half out of five for Olin. So uh, thank you very much for Olin. Um, If you uh, sent in a letter to the mailbag, I apologize because Av has dropped off his audio. So all I have is the rest of Olin's. Um, Next week, Av will hopefully be back. Hopefully his audio will be working. And the episode is The Terrorist Attack. And it is starring uh, none other than, and playing herself, by the way, Alanis Morissette. Alanis Morissette, who had a couple of songs that were nominees On uh, my other podcast, 32 Fans, when we tried to determine the song of the 90s, uh, we decided that Alanis Morissette's music was pretty, 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 pretty good.